0: everyone, welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Trowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Profundo Russo from 1975, directed by Dario Argento. I can feel death in this room. A present. You have killed. And you will kill again.
1: The murder is a schizophrenic paranoid. Anyone who kills with such frenzy surely does it in a state of temporary madness. And when he kills, he must recreate these specific conditions.
0: What was that? I saw a man in a brown raincoat walking away from the building. (laughs) What are you doing messing around with this business anyway? you stay out of it what is it didn't you hear that there's somebody in the house absolutely trying to kill me if you hadn't stuck your damn nose in it all
1: what i saw was a reflection in a mirror i saw the face of the murderer
0: So this is a giallo film, which we don't quite have an equivalent for in U.S. genres.
1: Yeah, we really don't.
0: Um, giallo means yellow because of the yellow paper that pulp books were written on.
1: Um, yeah, like hardboiled detective fiction. Yeah, you know, your Dashiell Hammett stuff, your Raymond Chandler stuff.
0: Yep, and I guess this is very similar to that. You know, giallo just in general,
1: but like filtered through a very post World War II Italian lens.
0: Yes, very Italian. Dario Argento, who would later go on to be one of, like, the horror greats, uh, he did a bunch of giallo, well, he did four giallo films. um, And this was his fourth one, and probably his most well-remembered.
1: Yeah, his most famous one, I believe.
0: Yep. There's a lot of debate with the hardcore Argento people about, like, is this or Four Flies on Great Velvet his best giallo? But we won't get into that. Yeah,
1: we're not going to. I haven't seen the other one, so I would have no opinion <laughs> on that anyway.
0: I did have a little bit of trivia before we sure. get into the movie. So you remember Luigi Cotzi, director of Star Crash? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote a book about this movie. Oh. Um, he also runs a bookstore that is called Profundo Russo, and it's like the Argento Museum.
1: Huh, big fan, eh?
0: Yep. So Deep Red starts off with a, uh, a kid singing this child la-la-la song.
1: Yeah, ironically very important to the plot of the movie.
0: Yep, and we see a murder happen in Shadow. We see the silhouettes on the wall as the murder happens. And we see some kid walk up to the bloody knife. And we go right from that into the credits and that fucking amazing Goblin soundtrack. Oh, I love this. This score is a banger. The score is amazing. It's by Goblin, is the band, that did all the music for this, as well as several other Argento movies. Yep. And a bunch of other italian horror movies throughout the the late 70s they yeah, were they're
1: like a prog rock band it's yeah kind uh, of in the vein of like king crimson or something
0: they are amazing yeah they we go from the credits to the european congress on parapsychology um and there's this guy talking about telepathy uh yeah telepathy and he's like oh yeah butterflies termites zebras they all use telepathy But human speech made it unnecessary. I'm like, is he confusing pheromones with telepathy?
1: Yeah, I, yeah.
0: (laughs) And they pull out this German psychic, Helga Ullmann, who is able to tell that a guy in the third row has uh, four keys in his pocket. And then she starts flipping out because she senses perverted, murderous thoughts. There's a killer in the audience. And indeed, there is a killer in the audience. There
1: is actually, in fact, a killer
0: in the audience. And we get some POV shot as this killer goes to the bathroom. The mirrors in this fancy, fancy theater has the worst bathroom.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, probably ancient, right?
0: Yeah, but the mirrors are dirty as hell, so we don't get to see the face of this killer.
1: Which is kind of the uh, the M.O. of this genre.
0: Yeah, and it turns out that sensing this killer was legit. Like, you would think the psychic putting on this big show is an act, and they'd be like, oh yeah, everybody bought that, but no, it's legit. She genuinely felt this killer. She
1: actually is, in fact, psychic. Yes. Yeah. S- several scenes in the movie played completely straight, not unreliable narrator, definitely actually a psychic.
0: Yep. In fact, she kind of senses the killer because we're getting this point of view of the killer like hiding out and watching them. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it must be a a remnant. And then we get that badass soundtrack again. Yeah. As we get just shots of random objects.
1: Incidentally, Goblin, probably most famous for doing the score to Dawn of the Dead.
0: They did do Dawn of the Dead as well. Which Argento directed the cut for Italy that was called Zombie.
1: Yeah, I think he produced it?
0: Yeah. In general? Um, well, the Italian one is often called the Argento cut. Yeah. But we get these random objects, you know, of like kids' toys and stuff, and t- these eyes putting on makeup. So we know the killer's getting ready to go kill. Yep,
1: getting the gloves on, doing the thing. Yep.
0: The psychic is on the phone. <laughs> yes,
1: speaking in German.
0: Yep, about, oh... I know who the killer is. I'm going to write all this down. And then a children's song starts playing. And the killer shows up at the front door with a meat cleaver. And we get this music that says badass piano and this bass. That I called the murder theme. <laughs> because every time it's a murder, it's this this part of the soundtrack. And Trailing murder. Yep. And the uh killer just chops the fuck out of her.
1: Oh yeah. She gets uh she gets quite cleaved.
0: Yeah, blood everywhere. And then just steals her notes. Then we cut to meet our protagonist. Our weak ass protagonist fuck Mark.
1: This. <laughs> fuck this guy.
0: I'm glad you agree with me about fuck this guy. I hate this guy so much. <laughs> and he's our main character. I know. Uh, one thing with Giallo films is that uh, the main character is almost always a foreigner. Huh. Like in Mark's case, he's visiting from England um, because he's this famous pianist, you know, and he's, he's here for an engagement or whatever. Yeah. But he's friends with the, this drunk, Carlo.
1: I like this scene with Carlo. <laughs> uh,
0: Carlo is just, he's fucking passed out. Uh, not passed out, he is drunk as shit um, in front of this fountain. In, like, this plaza. And what's the word that he says It's like, cheers? I have it written down later on. Hina. Oh.
1: Yeah,
0: Hina. Hina. And, you know, he starts... He admits that he's uh, an alcoholic. He's like, as long as I'm drunk, I'm happy. And he talks about playing piano, and I had to write down the line, A piano is like a beautiful woman, and I just want to tickle her fanny.
1: Yeah, I liked that one. Pretty funny.
0: Um, And he apparently he plays at this bar that's called The Blue Bar... But it is literally the picture of Nighthawks. I mean, it intentionally is, that 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 painting. And in fact, every time we, we see them, everybody in the bar is completely motionless because they are this fucking painting.
1: That's amusing. That's uh, I did not know that.
0: that. That the people in the background didn't move at all?
1: Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention to the people in the background. Now that you mention it, though, it was a little, a little weird to look at the bar. Yeah. And I guess that would be why.
0: Well, you do recognize the painting, though, right?
1: I don't think I've ever seen that painting. Yes, you have. Oh, I have? Okay.
0: Yeah, let me pull up a link to it. There you
1: go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this before.
0: Yeah, it's that 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 famous painting, and that's exactly what they're using. But anyway, Carlo plays bar there, and he's on a break. And I'm like, they let him back into the bar to play piano when he's this fucking drunk? Like, yeah, he-
1: apparently. I mean, apparently he plays better when he's drunk. That's what he says anyway.
0: Yep. Yeah. Then there's this big scream. Because it's the psychic being murdered. Right. And Mark's like, oh my god, there's a a woman screaming. And fucking Carlo's like, ah, maybe somebody's just getting raped. (laughs)
1: I'm like, are rapes so common in 1975 Rome that everyone's just like,
0: eh? (laughs) Eh, just a rape. And then he holds up his glass. He's like, hey, not to thee, raped virgin. It's
1: like, uh, okay, I guess that was a common thing in Rome in (laughs) 1975. All right, fair enough.
0: Just a rape happening over there. Nothing to worry about.
1: Like man, I would not want to live in the fresh hell that was Italy in 1975.
0: So Carla goes back into the bar just as Mark sees the murder happening. He sees the psychic like smashed at the window.
1: I had a ballsy move from the killer, just right in front of everybody.
0: <laughs> yep. He quickly runs up, runs around in the house, and you know. Then we get the police showing up. There's some other things here, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, you know. And he's trying to talk to the police. And he's like, there's something missing in this hallway. Did you did you people take something down? Did you take a picture down? And they're like, no, no, we didn't. And he's off-put about, like, there's a picture or something missing. And then he's talking about, I, I love the line from the cops where he's like, well, he was wearing a brown raincoat. And the cops go, oh, yeah, sure. Let's hear more about the murderer's raincoat.
1: <laughs> also, assuming someone's gender. Yep. Shame. And then. If, if only. He had <laughs> not done that.
0: And then enter Gianna Brezzi, the journalist.
1: I love her. She's great.
0: She's played by Daria Nicolodi, who would marry Argento.
1: Yeah, some, she has. A, they have a very famous uh, uh, daughter as well.
0: Yeah, Asia Argento. Yes. Uh, this was their first collaboration together. They met on this set. And so Gianna, you know, the journalist that will become the female assistant is my note. Like, you know that as soon as she shows up.
1: I thought she might be the killer, because she seemed very excited about the potential <laughs> for this murder.
0: Oh, and there's a red herring where they make you believe she might be the killer, too. They do that throughout the movie with just about everybody. Everybody's a suspect. you know. And then there's this really good, long shot of Carlo and Mark in front of this statue.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 that shot's great.
0: Yeah, it's a great shot. There's this big giant statue, and they're on opposite sides of the statue having a talk about this this missing painting that doesn't really go anywhere, because Carlo's drunk as shit. Um, then we get the psychic's funeral, where Mark and Gianna are just, like, hanging out in the back, and she's giving Mark all the gossip about, like, the parapsychology world, I guess.
1: Asha zu Asha. Staub zur Staub. (laughs) She's German and all.
0: Yep. Ashes to Ashes, dust to dust. Ah! Then they get into Gianna's shitty car.
1: Holy crap, yeah. He locks himself in. That's a quite quite a car.
0: Um, one thing I like about this is the, the broken seat that, like, pushes him to the floor. It yes. puts him into this subservient position to Gianna, because this is one weak-sauce dude. Yeah,
1: he's he's pathetic.
0: Mark is pathetic, and this shot really shows it, because she's, he's just, like, sitting on the floor of this car.
1: Apparently, uh, there's a longer cut of this film somewhere that has more comedy in it. And oh, more violence.
0: I don't think I need a longer cut. This one was long enough.
1: Yeah, I don't really need... I don't need a longer cut of this movie either.
0: You know, and so we see the uh, the parapsychologist reenacting the psychic's vision. Um, why they aren't talking to the police? I don't know why are they talking to Mark and the journalist?
1: Yeah, I one of the things that that interests me about Jallo versus like hardboiled detective fiction or film noir is that one of the themes of film noir and hardboiled detective fiction is the ineptitude of the police force and the corruption of the police force, and it is the everyday common man that can overcome that corruption. And I think you see elements of that here, right? Where the, the two of them are kind of going, just doing their own thing. But it never touches on how the the, the actual reason why that would be in this kind of genre.
0: Yeah, in this one, it's like the non-existence of the police. Right. Which, in its sense, it's a kind of ineptitude. True. So then, Mark and Gianna have this conversation, and um, Gianna starts with, "I feel that as an independent woman," and Mark is like, "Oh, don't give me that woman's right bullshit. Women are different from men. Women are weak."
1: Yeah, i wa- I <laughs> wanted to I wanted to punch him in the in the very
0: tiny micro fallacy he has. Yeah, I put my note says Mark is a misogynist. One of them eat wings at Hooters, kind of alpha males.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I did like the Wings and Hooters back in the day.
0: (laughs) But he he challenges her to an arm wrestle, and she wins, but he keeps changing the fucking goalposts. (laughs) And he's like, you're cheating! You're cheating! Let's do this again! You cheated! And she's like, oh no, you win! You're big, strong male! And he's like, D- damn right I am. He's like, I'm going to go investigate this on my own because there's some things you can't do seriously with a liberated woman. And what he has? Uh,
1: why do we keep getting these movies as really terrible protagonists?
0: I don't know. Maybe that's just the nature of the genre. I don't know.
1: Of, of, of exploitation cinema. we had plenty of movies with likable protagonists too. Just like recently, it's like, why are these all assholes?
0: Yeah, this is Shelley.
1: Yeah, this is Shelley.
0: Yeah, but he goes off to see Carlo's mom, who's just daffy. And
1: and thirsty as fuck.
0: Yeah, she's on him, and she keeps believing that he's this engineer. Like, you're an engineer? No, I'm a pianist. Oh, an engineer pianist! It takes him forever to find out that, oh, Carlo's at this other address that Mark goes to, and a gay man opens the door, because it's a guy dressed in very feminine clothing, looking very... Very
1: gay. I, most likely, yes.
0: (laughs) Actually, the act, it's an actress. It's a woman. Oh, wow. It's a woman playing a man who is dressed as a woman.
1: I'm a dude, (laughs) playing a dude disguised as another dude.
0: Yeah. But Mark is a homophobe. He's totally like, oh, I'm a gay person. I go, go, go.
1: Yeah. Again, this is, this is the idiot we have to deal with for the entire movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so he goes in to talk to Carlo and Carlo's drunk, On the bed You know And his gay lover's like I'm really concerned about Carlo He's been drinking really heavy lately And Carlo has this cringe line He's like Oh you found out that I'm not only a drunk But I'm a faggot as well (laughs) And I'm like Yeah this was a scandal in 75 To find out somebody was homosexual Nowadays it's no big
1: Especially in Italy Yeah Catholic country
0: And then we get uh, about, like, why is Mark investigating this murder? You know, and he says it's just morbid fascination. But he he takes this shit seriously, and he does a terrible job, by the way. Mark is an awful detective.
1: He he really is.
0: Yeah, his only lead is a, a missing painting. And so he's playing at his piano, and then he hears children's music upstairs. And we get the killer sneaking in, sometimes POV shots, sometimes not. And he knows the killer's there, and you know what saves him? The woman. Gianna calls him. Right. So so this, is, this big, strong man is saved by a woman on the phone.
1: This is, like, the only time I'm mad at her. Oh. Because if she didn't call him, he'd be dead, and we wouldn't have to deal with this lame ass for the rest of the movie.
0: We'd have had Gianna solving the murder.
1: That's right. That would have been a much better film.
0: Yeah, and then Mark just happens to immediately find a record of that children's music. Yeah. Just immediately. Just hops on down got- to the record shop. Just had happened to have it. Yeah, and he plays it for the parapsychologists who call it, oh, this is the leitmotif of the murder. And we're like, no, the leitmotif of murder is that fucking badass Goblin song. Was- <laughs> but they're like, oh. And it's the flimsiest of threads here because this one guy's like, oh, yeah, I happened to read this book on folklore and modern ghosts and black legends and a haunted house. You know, just the flimsiest of connections of this song to this book, and Mark just happens to find this book at the library.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of very convenient uh, convenient things going on here.
0: And he finds an article about the House of the Screaming Child, where he steals a picture of this house.
1: Casually defacing the book, it's fine. It's fine.
0: And so he's going to go meet the author of this book, one Amanda Rigetti and he calls gianna to tell her, tell her what's up and he calls from the loudest diner in the world
1: all the while bitching at the guy next to him who's making coffee doing his fucking job
0: yeah he's like you have to make coffee he's like yes i do it's my job he's, he's screaming he's into this to phone. Be
1: a bigger and bigger shithead yeah. so he's a Karen on top of all of the other stuff he-
0: and it looks like gianna doesn't even give a shit she's like why are you calling me i'm busy why are you calling yeah. me from the loudest diner in italy
1: <laughs> it's like I have actual work to do,
0: and then we get um, you know, the badass music and shots of random toys and the killer's eye. Uh, so we know that the murderer's gonna go strike again. That for some reason decided now was the time to kill Amanda Bergetti.
1: Yeah, this is a weird. This is a weird one because it's like who? It's like so. This is one of those things. Where like, all right, is is the killer Gianna or is it? Is Marcus actually having, like, like has he got disassociated identity disorder? Just kind of funny, because we're going to talk a little bit about, yeah. <laughs> about that in the bonus episode. Yeah, in the um, bonus episode. And this is an unreliable narrator thing, because the only people who know he's going to the damn place are himself and Gianna.
0: Yeah, it's public knowledge that she wrote this book about that house.
1: Right, but all of a sudden...
0: All of a sudden, the killer's like, you know what? I've been meaning to kill this Amanda.
1: Just like, I've been waiting on this for a long time. It's like, all right, let's just take care of it. Let's just get it over.
0: And so the killer hangs these dolls from a noose in her house. Yeah. And there's this fucking, like, bird squawking. It's the most annoying bird sound, but I think it's effective.
1: Yeah. Actually, this whole scene's pretty effective.
0: Um, except for the part where the bird fucking commits suicide. That yeah, made fuck. me laugh. Because Amanda's... Go ahead.
1: Get fucked, fucked, bird.
0: (laughs) Get fucked. Because Amanda's holding these knitting needles out, you know, to defend herself against the killer. Then we hear the bird squawk, and the bird just flies right into this knitting needle. Like, Amanda doesn't stab this bird. This bird just (laughs) commits suicide. Impales itself on this knitting needle.
1: Tells you a lot about how the bird felt (laughs) about being
0: Amanda's pet. Then cue that badass murder theme.
1: It's coming.
0: Uh, the killer's hands, by the way, are Dario Argento's. Oh, well,
1: that's kind of cool.
0: Um, in fact, he has that in all of his Giallo films. We get the POV of the killer with these hands, and they've o- they're have they always Dario Argento's.
1: Huh. Yeah, I know that's like a hallmark of the genre. You have the trench coat and the gloved hands and POV from the killer, and it's kind of like yep, part of the genre.
0: And that carried over into a lot of American horror films in the late 70s.
1: Yeah, this is hugely, definitely, I, it's a slasher movie, I mean. It really. is. With a, with a, it's like slasher crossed with, like, noir. Yeah. It's kind of interesting.
0: Also very heavily influenced by Hitchcock, because we have, like. Yeah,
1: well, the cinematography is.
0: Cinematography, definitely, and um, just everyday man caught up in intrigue. Yeah. Like, The Man Who Knew Too Much, or North by Northwest. I mean, we're not talking international intrigue, but they're just drawn into this intrigue. But anyway, the killer draws a scalding hot bath for Amanda and drowns her in it.
1: And my first thought is man, Italy did not have any temperature regulation in 1975. My yeah. fucking house won't let anything go above 120.
0: Yeah, like he uh, puts her head underwater and then pulls it up, and she's got like fucking second degree burns and boils on her face. Like that's some hot water. And then she tries to write something in the steam. And of course, Mark shows up late. He's clumsy. He stumbles all around this place. He's fucking tripping over shit because he sucks. It's
1: like that Sherlock Holmes story. Uh, <laughs> studying Scarlet or whatever it is.
0: Oh, it's been so long since I've read that. I re-
1: can't pronounce the word. I don't want to feel like an idiot. but the, They write the German word for... I think it's revenge. On the wall in blood. Uh. That's, like the o- that's like the only lead.
0: But so, you know, he finds the dead body and then he's like, okay, I'm going to go out and uh, investigate some more murder now. And he starts looking into the the, the the photograph and, you know, like there's this unique plant in the, the photograph of that, that house. And so he goes and he talks to all of these different, uh, like, greenhouses, which is pointless. Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah. I recall that now. I'd kind of like forgotten about that scene because but it was kind of pointless.
0: It's kind of pointless because he just happens to see it while driving around Rome. Right. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, hey, look, there's that house." And it's it's not the house of the screaming child. It's the fucking mansion, the manor of the screaming child.
1: Yeah. yeah. This Victorian-looking manor house.
0: Yeah, so he's going to go talk to the real estate agent. Meanwhile, we get the parapsychologist investigating the the murder of Amanda. And the maid is like, oh, yes, I, I came in to clean and I discovered the body. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Mark just fucking left her there and didn't call anybody? <laughs> that fucking u- right. useless ass. Um, It takes the parapsychologist a little bit of time to realize that, oh, you know, hot water makes steam. And she was trying to ride in the steam and somehow it it still it is there when he runs the steam over it. Pretty clever. Unfortunately,
1: she didn't get to write anything.
0: She wrote, "It was." That's didn't all we quite see.
1: Get there. <laughs> didn't quite
0: get there. So then we get back to Mark and the real estate agent. There's some guy that living in his in his house. He's like, oh yeah, my daughter will go with you to the house. You know, just trust your daughter with some fucking stranger.
1: I know, that was my thought. I'm like, yep, just casually letting your preteen daughter go hang out with some random, really creepy looking dude.
0: And his daughter, Olga, you know, she's walked to the car, and then the dad's like, Olga, y- yo, you bitch, never do this again! And just like slaps her. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, because apparently, Olga, and this daughter, is a fucking psychopath and is putting pins into lizards and like torturing yeah. lizards.
1: Yeah, she's, she's insane. Kind of reminds me this whole area around this house reminds me of Revishall and Disco Elysium for anybody who's played that, by the way, if you haven't played it, it's fucking amazing. Play it. Um, in that, like this hat, this whole read just district in the game is like <laughs> basically it's sort of, well, it's kind of hard to explain without the lore of the world, but it's essentially cursed. And just being in proximity to this neighborhood just causes everything to be to fail. <laughs> that's what this feels like. Just being in proximity to this this manor house makes everybody insane.
0: But um, that's a real lizard being tortured. By the way, that that shot we have of the lizard with the God damn it. Why
1: again? Why do we keep fucking watching movies with that real animal violence?
0: And you know what? Carlo Rambaldi did the special effects for this movie. Uh-huh. He did Alien and Close Encounters and ET, but he tortured a real lizard in this fucking movie.
1: Yeah, he could. Yeah, he literally made aliens look real. Yeah, but couldn't get a fake lizard.
0: Yeah, and, the, and this girl's like, "Fuck you, Dad! I'm gonna keep torturing lizards. Bye, bye. I'm gonna yeah. take this stranger to the giant house."
1: Right, uh, right, what the fuck? Are, I just uh, as a complete aside because I have a note here about it. What the fuck yeah. is up with his that? Uh, marcus's red shoes do the angels want to wear them i
0: didn't even notice his red shoes i
1: just had to drop an elvis costello reference yes he's wearing red shoes the entire movie i have no (laughs) idea why like red loafers he's like dressed to go to work the entire film
0: oh so he's investigating the house and it's playing this very bass heavy theme that i noticed sounds a lot like primus (laughs) And the soundtrack stops for a moment, his clumsy-ass Mark trips over shit. Oh, yeah. God, he's so... (laughs) So the soundtrack is like, start and stop, because Mark's just stumbling around this fucking house in the daytime.
1: (laughs) At least he's... I guess, you know, A A for effort for for Marcus, but god damn, is he useless.
0: (laughs) So he stumbles his dumb ass around this abandoned house, and then he finally finds a, a tiny little splash of red under some plaster... That he busts the plaster off and he finds this child's drawing on on it of, like, this little kid holding a knife and this big scary monster.
1: So, at this point, I'd like to point out, this guy is a professional piano player and is using his, like, fingers to dig into this plaster. And I'm like, you know, I'll give him credit. He is very dedicated because he's basically risking his entire career. This until he finally figures out, oh hey, I can do something a little bit more efficient that's not going to fuck up my hands.
0: Yeah, yeah. He gets a piece of glass that fucks up his hands because he gets cut on it. Yeah, well, I um, guess there's that too. And then there's we see a little bit more that there's more to this picture that Mark didn't see, but that's an irrelevant red herring. It we actually never needed to see it anyway. So now the parapsychologist is being stalked by the killer, um, which we're told through camera work because we get like the POV and everything. Yeah. And then cue a badass murder theme again, and we get the fucking robot doll, and get this fucking puppet.
1: And it's a creepy
0: doll. It is the creepiest fucking doll. Jonathan
1: Colton's Nightmares.
0: Oh, um, it is. It is creepy doll. Uh,
1: this That's where we were talking about this being on a list I saw recently. That was on the list. Like uh, After Megan came out, it's like, list of movies with the creepiest dolls. Like,
0: oh, this was on there? Yeah. Yeah, even though it's only this one scene.
1: It is a creepy fucking doll, let's be honest.
0: (laughs) It is, and it just, like, runs out of this closet at him, and it's like, Yeah, it's so weird, because, (laughs) like, what the fuck, why? And he just smacks it at the ground and its head busts off. Uh, But it was just a distraction. The killer comes out and kills this parapsychologist with the largest and most ornate letter opener ever.
1: I mean, okay, so the doll, right? Like I get it was a distraction, but man, that had been a lot to set up. Just
0: yeah, distraction. I mean, how do you, Jesus, to have it go off at the right moment?
1: Especially knowing what we know about like in hindsight, like because we know who the killer is. Ultimately, we watch the movie. It makes even less sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um. So Mark goes back home. He tries to call Carlo, but he gets that Daffy mom. It's like, oh, the engineer!
1: At this point, I learned that Marcus's last name is Daly.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. It must spelled have made without,
1: you... Oh, Spelled without the E, but still. That means he's technically related to me at some point in history, and that makes me deeply depressed.
0: <laughs> it must, yeah, it must have been even angrier. So Mark looks at the picture, and he's like, oh, how did I not notice that? You know, it's that, that whole thing with detective stories where they... Mo- some tiny minor detail makes them remember stuff. Yeah. And in this case I was like, what is it? There's a window missing from the the house that's in the picture, but it's not on the house and I was like, How did you fucking notice that, you idiot? Yeah. So he goes he's right he's right, yeah. And he goes back at night to 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 climb up this trellis to get to where that window should be. And his clumsy ass fucking drops the flashlight. And then he nearly falls off. And that's when the music goes fucking crazy. It goes I ju- th- just Goblin, weird. I think,
1: I think Goblin is writing the soundtrack in response to the film, hoping he's going to die in this scene. And they're just really
0: excited. Yeah, because the music is all over the place. It's, like, nonsensical. Uh, there's, like, random synthesizers. There's just drum solos out of nowhere. The music just just crazy crazy and so mark goes into the house and he bashes in this wall and finds a dead body
1: the desiccated corpse of well we know who it is yeah but he doesn't
0: he doesn't and his dumb ass gets knocked out and then he's like laying on the ground and wakes up and gianna's over him and that's like the red herring that oh gianna's the killer no she just happened to show up
1: she, he did tell her that he was that she was going to go out there. I think, if I recall correctly, so she was aware that he was going to be around there at some point. Just the timing is very convenient.
0: Yeah, and she's like, "Look, this house is on fire. Let's leave." Um, and they go to the fucking real estate agent's mm-hmm. house, who's who's pretty chill with his property burning down. Yeah, he's like, he "Yeah,
1: wasn't selling, he wasn't selling it anyway. Nobody wanted to live there."
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, thank God, I got insurance money for it now. I was going to say, now I can claim the insurance money on this place. <laughs> and then Mark sees that, that creepy painting, uh, the, the picture that was on the wall. He sees that this psychotic little Olga has drawn the same picture. And she's like, no, no, I just made it up. And he's like, "I oh, know you saw it somewhere. And she says, I saw it at school, the Leonardo da Vinci school. Which I'm like, yes, that would make sense for a school in Italy to be called that. Yeah. It would. That's like the Ben Frank Middle School of Italy. That's right. So Mark and Gianna break in, and it plays investigation theme again, the one that kind of sounds like Primus. And um, Gianna hears the noise and wanders off while Mark looks through the archives and he finds the drawing.
1: Because apparently the school keeps random drawings from little kids. Oh. Like 40 years ago, 50 years ago.
0: Yeah. I don't know why.
1: (laughs) It's not quite that long ago because we know who drew it. So it was like 30 years ago.
0: Like, in the way teaching is now in June, the teacher throws every goddamn thing away.
1: Right. Well, they probably uh, mulch it and then make paper out of it, because God knows the schools aren't giving them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. them any, giving them any paper.
0: Here, just write your essay on the back of this child's drawing. <laughs> sure.
1: We don't have any extra... <laughs> School budget's been cut again. We don't have any paper.
0: But we find out Gianna's been stabbed off screen. And Mark's like, it's okay, I know who it is, I found the drawing. Yeah, and surprise, it's Carlo. Carlo shows up. Yes. With the gun. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's me. But the cops show up, so Carlo tries to make a run for it, and we get this, like, fucking glorious sequence. Where Carlo gets uh, hit by this truck and fucking dragged down the street like that death and coffee.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that was my thought.
0: Because he's, he's being dragged behind this truck and he's smacking all these curbs. And then um, finally the, the truck comes to a halt and Carlos starts to be like, oh, oh God, what happened? And a car fucking runs over his head.
1: Gets his skull crushed via <laughs> car for no reason.
0: And what's interesting is uh, the way that they were going to do that effect is they were going to take this car and ru- drive it towards him and stop right before it hit his head. And the actress said, fuck, no, you're not.
1: Which is the correct response
0: He's like, what you're gonna do is You're gonna bring this car here Right against my head Is where it's gonna start And then the car will go in reverse And you just run the film backwards Yeah But apparently Gianna's gonna be okay And it looks like the movie's ending Until Mark suddenly realizes that Carlo could not have been the killer
1: Right, which I realized immediately Because he was literally (laughs) talking about it Being someone randomly getting raped (laughs) It was happening
0: Yeah, so, uh Mark goes back to the apartment where the murder happened, and he's walking through, and he finally realizes the mystery behind the missing painting, that there was a mirror. It wasn't a painting that he saw. It was a mirror that had the reflection of the killer. The killer was hiding out in this hallway. Yeah. Which, if you rewind the movie, you actually see that shot really, really fleeting. But that sh- shot is at the beginning of the movie.
1: <laughs> at least they have some continuity there.
0: And the killer is Carlo's mom.
1: Yep, the, the old thirsty lady.
0: <laughs> yep, and we get the flashback where we find out that she was mentally ill. That her husband's like, yeah, we're gonna send you to the hospital, you know, about to be committed. And so she kills her husband right in front of Carlo. That's why Carlo drinks. Poor Carlo. <laughs> you know, and so she tries to kill Mark, and Mark doesn't even really defeat her. It's dumb luck that her necklace catches on the elevator.
1: Right, he just uh, happens to, oh, I'll just pull this thing.
0: Yeah, and... I don't know what the fuck this necklace is made of. <laughs> does not The necklace doesn't break. It cuts her fucking head off.
1: It's uh, made of adamantium.
0: Vibranium necklace.
1: Vibranium necklace, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so we just get this pull of blood and Mark stares at it forever because the whole closing credits are over Mark staring at this and it's not like a freeze frame because he's blinking, kind of moving. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's all right, whatever. But Deep Red, it is a good movie.
1: I mean, it's technically competent. It's, it's fun to watch and listen to. It's yeah. got some uh, story flaws, and uh, <laughs> definitely some dislikable characters.
0: Oh, Mark is awful. But I, I don't know if he's supposed to. be. Is it like a since he's foreign, is it like a, a stab at, see, Italian people would have got this shit done.
1: Maybe. I uh, Like I said, I'm not a, I don't know. I'm not a Italian, and I don't know what uh, impression 1975 Italians viewed uh, English people.
0: Well, it's ripe for ripping off their films. Yeah, I mean this one's not a rip off though. No. Um, Argento would his next film, which we gotta do sometime, that was is co-written by the, the woman that played Gianna, Dario yeah. Nicolodi, him and her and Dario wrote Suspiria. Which is probably Dario's most well-remembered film.
1: Probably his most famous, I would say.
0: Yeah, we'll probably do that sometime. But yeah, Deep Red is a good film, though.
1: I mean, it's worth a watch, for sure. And it's definitely... Like, it's not bad. I just wish the Marcus wasn't such a fucking tool.
0: Yeah, Marcus is such... And
1: and there's some continuity, like, logical errors. Like, like the killer, like, I'm just going to go kill this Amanda person. Just... Randomly, yeah, like so very convenient things. So, oh, he happens to find the record. He happens to find the. I don't know.
0: Sure. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he's he's gifted with the uh, the clues are given to him. He doesn't but do I'm, anything to to discover it. Everything is just handed to him.
1: But I do like that you're never really sure who the killer is. It could be anybody, including Marcus. Yeah, really appreciate it about the film. So,
0: but any last thoughts on Deep Red?
1: A little long at just under two hours, right?
0: Well, the, the version we watched, yeah, that we didn't watch yeah, this super uncut version.
1: Yeah, apparently there's an uncut version, but I don't know if they ever released it in the English.
0: Apparently, the original script was like 500 pages. Oh,
1: Jesus. Terrence Malick shit.
0: Yeah, like the, the, the original, the first cut, um, not even the director's cut, because it was like three and a half hours even the directors like nope no I can't even do this
1: yeah it's long enough in this form and maybe even a little too long but it's not the it doesn't have the worst padding of movies we've even watched for this show so yeah it's good it's worth watching it uh, is it's got some flaws but I enjoyed it for the most part
0: yeah um it's one of my favorites though still not because of Marcus there's other the, the cinematography and the yeah, music the
1: And the score are both excellent. Probably worth watching just for those two things, to be completely fair.
0: Yep. For those alone, it's great. The main character is fucking shit, though. (laughs) But anyway, yep, that was our episode on Deep Red, on Profundo Russo. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um... Now, for more episodes, check out our website exploitedpodcast.com, Follow us on Twitter at podcast exploit or on Instagram at exploitapodcast, or contact us at exploitapodcast at gmail.com. One last thing about Deep Red: Would you rather watch Deep Red or have five PM donut shop coffee?
1: Yes, uh, I, I'll I'll tell you deep, deep Red. That's it, it's a good, it's a good enough film to definitely qualify itself yep. more than. or 5 p.m. Donut Shop Coffee.
0: And for the cost of 5 p.m. Donut Shop Coffee, you get our bonus episodes. That's right. 99 cents and subscribers get our bonus episodes and the bonus episode we're doing this week is Malignant.
1: And Uh, I'd like to think they're at least as good as 5 (laughs) p.m. At least.
0: (laughs) Uh, So we will and then next week's episode is uh, Hansel and Gretel. Yes. So we will. If you paid 99 cents, we'll catch you in the bonus episode. If not, we'll catch you for Hansel and Gretel.